Well, it's good to see you guys. Um, building update, I occasionally will try to give you one of those. Um, we are about four weeks away um, from being able to move in to our building. And I've told several of you, don't get too excited because that is a moving target. Um, it, is, it is four weeks if we can get everyone into the building to finish up what they are supposed to finish up. Uh, and every day that they don't get to the building to finish up what they're supposed to finish up is four weeks in a day. So it is a moving target. But that's where we're at. Um, and I keep reminding myself that God is good that God is great, that God is gracious, that he's got all of this under control, and it will all happen to his glory uh, in his timing. So that's our update. Um, I think that loud noise was just him agreeing. So uh, we are in week four. I think it's week four of a sermon series that, that um, we are calling Everyday Jesus. Um, Everyday Jesus, we, we talk at New City a lot about uh, being on mission, and that's not just something that we do, that we um, go and do things that, as we are on mission, but it's, it's we do that because of who Jesus makes us. Uh, Jesus makes us missionaries, and missionaries are on mission. And so we believe, since we are all, as believers, missionaries, we are ambassadors of Christ. That's what Paul calls us in 2 Corinthians, ambassadors for Christ, seeking to see the world around us reconciled to God through the good news of the gospel, through Christ, just as we have been reconciled uh, to Him as well. We say that as far as a mission statement at New City, that God has called us to help others live in light of the gospel. And that's what we're talking about doing, helping others live in light of the gospel. So we've been looking in this series, and we'll continue to look at just snippets from the life of Jesus to get an idea of what mission in the everyday looks like. Right? Not special events, not, not, not big things that we, we change in our life necessarily, um, not short-term mission trips that we might go on to faraway places. Uh, those are all good, right? The Lord calls some to go to faraway places. The rest of us, He calls to be on mission right where we are. But, but what we are looking at is, is really mission as we go about our everyday lives. Last week, we saw that Jesus went to weddings, right? We go to weddings as well. Um, Jesus went to weddings, and, and even celebrating with friends for Jesus was a part of the mission. Uh, he was a missionary even as he celebrated at weddings. This week, we look at another everyday thing, um, the mundane sometimes of eating a meal. And for Jesus, even the mundane of eating a meal was not wasted. Jesus ate with sinners. That's what we're talking about today. Eating was a part of his mission. So I want to start out by reading some verses to you from, uh, from John. Uh, John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus, um, and, and told everyone, a, a, everyone who would listen to him, John the Baptist told, him, told them that Jesus was the promised one, the promised Messiah uh, sent by God. So in John chapter 11, beginning in verse 2, um, that, that's where I want to read. Now, when John heard 
in prison. John was in prison, um, and he had been uh, arrested because he was speaking out uh, about the immorality of of leadership. Um, Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. And we'll pause right there. Um, John says, I I hear the things that are going on with Jesus and his deeds. Go and ask him so that we can be sure, are you the one? Are you the one? Jesus answered the disciples of John who came to him, and Jesus said, go and tell John, tell him what I am doing. Tell him what you see me doing and what I am saying. So skip down now to verse 18. Jesus says, for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds." Now, they said that Jesus was a glutton and a drunkard, which he absolutely was not, but they said that he was a a, a glutton and a drunkard because he was a friend of sinners, because he, he spent time with people who were. He was a friend of sinners, and he ate and drank with them. Now, the truth is Jesus chose to eat with sinners. Jesus chose to eat with sinners. Eating with people in Jesus' day was um, different. The culture was different, and it meant more to them than most of the time it does to us. Uh, It was a sign of association for them. Uh, if, If you ate a meal with someone, it was incredibly personal, your time that you were spending with them, and it was, it was a way of saying that you were with them. You, you were associated with them. They were your people. So the Pharisees and the other religious leaders of Jesus' day, they didn't eat with people who were known sinners. They didn't eat with them like tax gatherers and and drunkards and gluttons and prostitutes. They avoided those people. Eating with them, being associated with them would be viewed as, as, as wrong. It would make you bad. It would make you unclean. So they avoided sinners and tax gatherers, but Jesus, but Jesus often went out of his way choosing to eat with just those people. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again because I want to be really clear on, on my words. I've chosen them carefully there. Jesus often went out of his way to eat with sinners. I'm saying that for a reason. We talk about mission as you go at New City a, a lot, as you go about your life, where you live, where you work, where you play, as you go about your life, you are a missionary always on mission. But that does not mean, as you go, does not mean that you never go out of your way. Jesus often went out of his way. It just means that you are intentional with all of the areas of your life, recognizing as a missionary that every area of your life is a part of God's mission. Jesus had to eat. 
<laughs> he was human. Jesus had to eat, so he used eating as a time for mission. He was intentional about eating and how he did that, even going out of his way to eat with sinners. So I want, to see, I want us to see two times that Jesus did this, and we could talk about a number of times with Jesus. But let's start in Luke 19 with Jesus and Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, he, talking about Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbing up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was, he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost." Huge crowds had gathered or were gathering now in Jesus' ministry to see him and to hear him. Now, how many of you have heard the story of Zacchaeus? We're all pretty familiar with the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Um, the tax collectors were viewed by the, the religious um, Jews, the, the, the majority of the Jewish people, as unsavable. They were viewed as unsavable. They were too far gone for God to be able to redeem them. That's how bad they were, they were as people. So they were, they were despised. They were avoided at all cost. The, the religious people uh, uh, stayed away from them, but not Jesus. In verse 5, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I must stay. I must go to your house and remain there today. Jesus chose that day to spend his day with Zacchaeus. And that, spending a day with Zacchaeus, would have, would have almost certainly in, included at least one meal with him. Now, Jesus could have eaten that day with anyone present. Jesus could have spent his afternoon with anyone who was there. He could have spent his afternoon with friends, with his disciples. He could have spent his afternoon with, with the famous people and the powerful people who were there and watching to see what happened. But he chose Zacchaeus, a sinner. A similar story is found in Mark chapter 2. This is the story of, of Jesus and Levi. Now, Levi is also known as Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples. So Jesus and Levi, Mark 2, beginning in verse 13, he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. 
And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So again, we have another story of Jesus as he is walking along the sea. Crowds gather around him, and they are following him, pursuing him, looking to hear what he has to say, what miracle he might do next. As Jesus is walking, he passes by a a tax collector's booth. Now, this is where people would have gone to pay their their taxes, and, and the, the taxes to Rome. Jesus could have gone anywhere. Jesus could have walked on the other side of the road. Levi is a despised tax collector. Jesus didn't have to walk by him. Jesus didn't have to talk with him. But, but what did Jesus do? He walked right over to the tax booth, and there he talked to Levi, and he invited Levi to join him. Follow me. And Levi did. And together, Jesus, Jesus, together with Levi and, and his disciples, went to Levi's home. Levi invited his friends. Le- Levi invited all of his friends to come as well and meet Jesus. So, so what we have is all of these religious people following Jesus. Jesus, Jesus does the exact thing that none of them would do, and he talks with Levi, the tax collector. Levi says, come and eat with me at my house. Jesus goes, his disciples go, and there is a house full of unsavables, all sharing a meal together. Again, Jesus had to eat, right? He was human. Jesus had to eat. He was, he was hungry. And, and, and again, another, another time when Jesus could have eaten with anyone. Jesus could have gone to anyone's home. He could have eaten with the religious leaders who were there. He could have eaten with, a, with, with the priests. He could have eaten with any of the Pharisees. And instead, he intentionally chose Levi, the tax collector. He chose to eat with sinners. If we had time, we could look at more episodes where Jesus does the exact same thing. Jesus chose to eat with sinners. Why? Why did Jesus do that? That's a great question that Jesus answers for us. Jesus tells us why he came to eat with sinners With both of these meals, again, Jesus did the exact opposite of what the Pharisees would have done, engaging with tax collectors, engaging with sinners. Jesus did what the Pharisees thought was impossible to do. He saw the unsavable saved. He saw the irredeemable redeemed, and it all happened over a meal. How incredible is that? Salvation came to Zacchaeus that day. Salvation came to Levi. Both both of those men believed that Jesus was who he said he was, that Jesus was the promised one, the Messiah who had been promised, the king 
who, who would bring God's people to himself. Both men repented of their sin and followed their king. Sometimes we hear these stories and, and, and we are so familiar with them that it just doesn't mean much to us. Please don't miss out on the beauty of this. These men had forsaken their religion. They had forsaken their religion. They had forsaken their God. They pursued money as their God rather than God. They pursued money rather than him. They didn't care about the law. They really didn't care what the Pharisees thought about them. The religious Jews thought they were hopeless, irredeemable. No way that they could be saved, but Jesus didn't think that at all. The the, the Pharisees and the people grumbled, saying, he he says he is some sort of prophet. We hear him speaking, right? He says that he's representing God and the kingdom of God, and yet here he is eating with tax collectors and sinners. Why is he eating with those people? Why would he be around those people? What is he doing? Jesus answered, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Why are you eating with those people, Jesus? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Mark chapter 2, verse 17. And when Jesus heard it, when Jesus heard them grumbling and asking these questions, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is why I came, Jesus says. This, this, this is why I am here. I am here to save the lost. I, I am here to call the sinners, to, to call them to see me and to know me. I, I am here to call them to believe, to believe who I am, to believe what God is doing, to believe that they are not unsavable. I have come not to, not to give them hope, but I have come as their hope. I have come to be their hope. I have come to see them reconciled to the Father, to see their sins forgiven, to grant them the righteousness that they could never attain on their own. I have come to make them His, to make them His people, to give them a place to belong. I have come to make them family. I have come, Jesus is saying, to eat with them now and forevermore. This, this is my mission, Jesus is telling the religious leaders. This is my mission. And I don't want you to miss it in part because that's us. We are his mission. We are the unsavables, the untouchables. We, we, we are the unsavable Gentiles of Jesus' day. That's, that's us. We were once not the people of God, and yet now because of Jesus, we are his people. We, we are his people because of Jesus, his family. 
See, that, that's us. We were aliens and foreigners, rebellious sinners who deserved the wrath of God. We were the untouchables. We were the unclean. And yet, even now, Jesus pursues us. This is my mission, Jesus says. This is why I have come to seek and to save the lost. Now listen to me, New City. This is your mission. Where's my amen? This is why we are here. The Great Commission is Jesus leaving his mission in the hands of his disciples. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And we are here because those disciples did just that. And the Great Commission calls us to be the same disciples who make disciples. You, you, if you're here today as a believer... You are an ambassador of Christ. You are given the ministry of reconciling the lost word to the world to the Father, just as you and I have been reconciled to Him in Christ Jesus. This is your mission. This is your mission, Peter said, to proclaim the excellencies of Christ who called you and I out of darkness and into His marvelous light. To, 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 to plead, to beg, to beg, to plead, please, please, please believe the good news of the gospel. Believe that Jesus has done for you what you could never do for yourself. Believe that there is forgiveness in him. Believe, believe, my friend. That God has made a way as he has sought you in Christ Jesus. That, that Jesus lived the life that you can never live perfect and holy and righteous and pure. That Jesus died the death that you deserve because of your sin. The very thing that separates you from God. Jesus died in your place taking the wrath that should be yours. The beautiful news in addition to that is that on the third day he was raised. He was raised defeating death and sin and Satan. And when we trust in him, then the righteousness of Jesus himself is granted to us. Our Father now sees us in Christ as if we were perfectly holy and pure and righteous. Our sins are forgiven and in Christ we are made children of the Most High God forever and ever and ever, redeemed from sin and reconciled to Him. Believe that good news and be saved. That's your speech. That's your pleading, not just mine. And, and, and here's the thing, it doesn't, it doesn't have to happen. In, in, in fact, I, I might even argue that it, it most often does not happen by preaching to a multitude of people. It, it, it doesn't have to happen because you have figured out all of the answers to all of the questions that you imagine that someone might ask you. 
It doesn't, it doesn't have to happen on a, on a special trip or, or even a move to a faraway place, although it may. Listen to me, every single day you eat a meal just like Jesus did. Every single day, most of you eat at least three meals a day. What if you use that intentionally? What if you took what you were already doing and, and, you, and you used it intentionally to eat with sinners and tax collectors like Jesus did? To, to share a meal with them and to, to listen, to hear their story, to, to hear their story and to share your story, to share his story. What if, what if you became intentional to eat with a, a co-worker at, at lunch? Just to share a table and, and time with them sack lunch in the, in the break room or, or maybe a, a, a once a week standing Thursday where, where, where we eat in the cafeteria together. I don't know. What, what, what if we invited someone from, from the gym where we work out or from our, from our kids' baseball team? What if we invited them to dinner? You, you guys eat dinner, right? What if instead of just eating dinner with you and your family, what if you decided to be intentional with people who are already in your life and say, hey, why don't you guys come over tonight and have dinner with us? Nothing special. We'll put on some extra hamburgers or hot dogs or, or, or whatever. Don't mind the house. It's a mess. We live in it. What if you took the time to do that and, and to, to love the people that God has already put in your life? The people who are already in your reach. What if you, what if you began to love them and to care for them, to develop a relationship with them? What if, what if you did that and over a meal you got the opportunity to share with them who Jesus is and what he has meant in your life? See, here's what I want you to understand in this. This, this, is, this is not just why Jesus came. This is, is not just his mission. This is your mission. This is our mission, New City. And, and, and here's the thing, and, and I hope that you see it as we're, we're looking at how Jesus did it. it. It doesn't have to be super complicated. And here's the thing. I believe you can do it. I, I believe that you guys can do that. I believe that you're willing to do it. I, I believe that you are willing to do it. I, I believe that you have the Holy Spirit to encourage you to do it. And you have a missional community of people that, that you do life with who, who will pray with you, who will encourage you to do it. I, I believe that, that you can do it. I believe that you can share a meal 
just like Jesus did. So let me give you four things to remember as you too eat with sinners, because y'all are all going to do this, right? So four things, since we are all in agreement, Jesus did this and we are missionaries, we just need to be more intentional with our time. Four things for us to remember. Here's the first one. We are talking about people, not projects. I would like to scream this one. We're talking about people created in the image of God. We're not talking about projects that that you can get to say a certain prayer. We're talking about people. Please don't make people a project. Love them. I, I think if you will spend time with them and get to know them, you will love them. Love them and enjoy them. Uh, be there for them. Be there for them. Listen to me. Whether they come to Christ or not. I, I, have, I have... I will confess... Many, many years ago, I was more apt to see people as a project than to love them as people created in the image of God. Somewhere along the line, the Lord convicted me of that. I'm not saying I do this perfectly by any means. But listen, what I'm saying is be prepared to be a friend to those people for the next 15 years. And maybe they come to follow Jesus and maybe they don't. That's what I'm saying. Because maybe at year 16 they do. Amen? We're talking about people, not projects. Love them as he has loved you, even in those years before you were a believer. Number two, this is about them and not you. I want some of y'all to listen to me real carefully on this one, okay? Don't invite them to lunch and spend your time talking about you. Ask them questions. Learn who they are. Learn the things that they love. Learn the things that they do. Ask them questions like it was your first date. Unless your first date, you talked all about you. Don't do that. Ask questions like you genuinely want to know things about them. Ask questions like you genuinely care about them more than you care about telling your story. Ask questions like you, 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 you ultimately want to know them. A- ask questions. A- as, you, as, you, as you do that, right, ask questions. This is about them, not you. Here's my third thing. Listen, listen, listen. These two go hand in hand, I know that. Listen to them. Listen to them with a gospel ear. Learn learn who they are. Learn who they are and love them. Ask questions and listen to them. And as you do that, you will hear. You'll hear their problems. You'll hear their faults, gods. You'll hear all sorts of things about them. You'll, you'll, You'll hear it. And you can learn as you listen, you can learn their needs. You can learn ways that you can serve them. You can learn ways that you can be a a present for them. 
Ultimately, in listening to them, you can learn enough about them to know how they need to hear the gospel. And so you listen and you learn and you love them. And when the opportunity is right, when the opportunity is right, you, you not only are meeting their needs and serving them, but ultimately as you, as you care about them, you are telling them how, how Jesus is your hope. So we're talking about people, not projects. This is about them and not you. Listen, listen, listen. And here's my fourth one. Follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Spirit to encourage you. Jesus sent the Spirit to teach you, to give you discernment, to empower you for this mission that he has called you to, to help you. He, he is our helper. Jesus even said that he would give, the Holy Spirit would give the disciples the words to say. So, so pray. Pray. Pray to the Lord. Pray to the Holy Spirit and listen. And, and, and follow the Holy Spirit as he leads you, trusting in him. Know that he goes before you, that it's the Spirit who does the hard work. It's the Spirit who opens eyes to see, who softens hearts those gospel seeds to, to be planted in and take root in. Follow the Holy Spirit. Jesus ate. He was human. He got hungry. He needed food, so he ate. What we see of Jesus and his eating was not that he just ate, but that as he ate, he, he, he did so with intentionality. Even a simple meal for Jesus became an opportunity for mission, an opportunity for redemption. As he went, he ate as a missionary. And listen to me, so can you. So can you. This, this, what we're talking about here, what we talked about last week, this, this is mission as you go. This is, this is your mission. This is an, an intentional, gospel-driven meal. This is mission in your every day. So, so the question is this, you've heard it. What will you do with it? I wish I was good with math. I should have done this. Like three meals a day. How many is that a year? What if you, what, what if you live to, to be 50? How many is that? So here's my question. Of those 500 quadrillion meals that we eat, that's how good I am with math. How many of those have you been intentional with? Will you eat like Jesus? That's the question. Moving forward, will you eat like Jesus? Parents, will you lead your kids to eat like Jesus because they see you eat like Jesus? Who will you eat with? Don't, don't, 
don't just leave here if the Holy Spirit has convicted you. Don't just leave here and say, wow, that was something. Who will you eat with? Who will you and your family invite over? Last question. Jesus ate with sinners. Will you? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for for loving us enough to send your son. Jesus, thank you that you come to, not just came, but you come even now to eat with sinners. Eating, eating is a part of what we will do, right, with you. The marriage supper of the Lamb, a great celebration where we will feast together in your presence. Father, I, I, I pray that you would remind us, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that you would remind us when we leave here, that these would not just be words in a sermon that is forgotten, but that you would shape us more and more into the image of Jesus, that we would be missionaries in the everyday, that even as families we would be intentional about how we even do the mundane of sharing a meal, eating a meal. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Father, that you are not angry with us today because we have not been intentional or because we've never thought of this before. Thank you for the grace that loves us even when we fail. Thank you for your patience and for your goodness. I pray again, Father, by your Spirit, shape us more and more into the image of Jesus, that we might see the gospel transform everything within our reach ourselves, our church, our city, and the world. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.